Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this episode. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and uh, I'm so excited that you decided to take the time to be with us today. Um, you know, as I always say on this show, it just means a lot that you're taking time out of your busy day, and um, I love your feedback. So let me just remind you to continue to provide me with feedback, you know, instant message me. Um, I love hearing things, you know, directly as well. So please make sure you're doing that. And hey, I wanted to let you know that our next Limitless event is coming up in May, uh, May 18, 19, 20. Uh, we'll finish everything out on the 21st. Uh, and it's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's going to be a little hot, but for those of us that live in a cold area, it will be pleasantly wonderful because we'll just be, you know, embarking spring because we'll have, you know, good days and bad days in that time of that time frame. So just want to remind you, we're having Limitless in Phoenix in May. Uh, we also have something the day before May 17th, a special one day uh, event called Power Presentation Intensive. And this is where um, I share with you some of the tips and tricks about speakers and about presenting and how to coordinate, uh, you know, layout and formulate and put the framework in for your presentations to your referral partners, um, to, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and to charitable organizations as you're growing your business um, and give you the feedback and critique. So don't worry. It's a safe environment. Everyone who's come to it has absolutely loved it. So, you know, check that out as well. We'll have both of those links below here so you can get yourself registered and bring your colleagues, bring your referral partners. It's a great opportunity for you to learn together. Uh, so with that said, um, I want to introduce our guest today, John Mayfield. Uh, he received his real estate license in 1978, so he has a lot to talk about, uh, you know, over these years and uh, has been uh, practicing broker since 1981. He's owned and operated three offices uh, in the Midwest. He's taught uh, pre and post licensing uh, courses, CE courses, uh, you know, during that time as well. And he has military, he has, I, I'll tell you, your your uh, acronyms behind your name are pretty long. So we'll no, let everyone read that. your bio. <laughs> we'll let yeah, everyone read your bio. But 
Uh, he also is a, uh, you know, an instructor for NAR. He's an instructor uh, all over the, all over the place. So I'm, I'm so excited to have you here today because I know you've got a nice, a nice story. We have a, a couple of little uh, giveaways for people, 21 mistakes real estate brokers make and how to avoid them. Um, we'll be talking about those as well. And you've, and you've co-authored that book, um, which is exciting, uh, you know, because there's a lot of mistakes people are making right now. Uh, he comes from Missouri, uh, which I've got lots of friends in Missouri who happen to be real estate agents. So that's pretty interesting. Maybe you and I'll talk that off offline. And your real estate um, career took you over to France, which I absolutely love with the last name of Duplessis. Um, you can imagine that I absolutely love that. So without further ado, John, welcome to our show. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your podcast, Jen. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, oh, and the, for those of you that are watching, I'm coming from Phoenix this time and I'm in a, in a uh, suite and that's why I have a funny background, but um, just happy to have you on the show, John. So let's, I'm going to start from what's happening now, and then we'll go back. Uh, we'll go back in time because I think your experience, the years of experience that you have, have allowed you and will allow you, and I know this from my own experience, that when we're encountering in a market like we have right now, we just know this is part of the cycle. So tell us a little bit about what's happening in your market, your take and your your outlook and your perspective on what's happening in the um, current market now and what you are predicting for what the future will be. Yeah, that's a great question. As most parts of the country, we are short on inventory, so there's not a lot of properties that are for sale. There's still a lot of agents who are getting into the business and and remaining in the business, which I kind of think that's going to continue into the future. I, I saw an article the other day where someone was predicting this mass exodus of real estate agents, but I... Of course, you and I have been in the business for years, and uh, and I know we don't look that old. So anyway, <laughs> I always I always see these people on TV, and I'm like, gosh, they're. I look them up on Wikipedia, and it's like they're 63, and I'm thinking, gosh, they look really old. And then I think I'm going to be 63, right. but anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, but what I what I mean by that, Jen, is I think a lot of the young. Folks who are entering the business today, a lot of the young kids that are coming into the business, I think they're okay with doing two or three deals a year. I mean, they're they like to do multitask. And if they can do a couple of deals here or there, I think that's going to be fine. But inventory's short, prices continue to just skyrocket. But I think the agents who are willing to get out and work hard are going to do well. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Uh, I was sitting at a table at this conference that I'm at right now, which is all about building masterminds, which, you know, many, I'm sure you're involved in. I, I know I'm involved in. I hold four of them myself. Uh, and, you know, I, I sat at a table with three young, young people um, under the age of 35 that are actively doing uh, real estate. You know, some are doing, uh, one's flipping uh, mobile homes and making a killing and the other, and, and so that's a whole new thing. Um, and the other is, uh, they're known as the, uh, fire sale, <laughs> which is pretty funny. The fire sale real estate agents here in the Phoenix area. 
And uh, what they do is they they hop in and buy properties that have had fires and work with the insurance company, et cetera, to get the client out of the property and then, you know, flip the property. So it's kind of an interesting concept. But gosh, these kids are making tons of money. I mean, they're making tons and tons of money. They were telling me about one that they just did. Um, a 16 unit that caught on fire, a 16 unit building that caught on fire and they netted uh, 500 grand on it. Mm. And I mean, for, for young kids, this is, I mean, I think they're more creative than we were back then. You know, we just kind of followed the regiment. Right. Um, and I think that they're more creative. And I think that creativity is going to be the down or the lack of creativity is going to be the downfall for those of us that are seasoned in this market in this industry. So that said, uh, for those that have been in the industry for a while and and maybe they are looking at exiting, right? They said, I've had enough. I'm, I'm just going to go to referrals. What, uh, what do you say to them to continue to have that staying power, especially now with technology? Yeah. So I think that there are still agents today who need to know some of the basics that you and I and these seasoned agents still understand when I said it's going to be a great year this year for people who work hard. I actually took that from Gary Keller, who said at his family reunion conference, 2023 is going to be a great year for those agents who want to work, who are willing to work hard. And so I think seasoned agents can bring some of their skills and their expertise to help this younger generation, whether it's through coaching whether it's maybe being uh, getting on a team with some younger agents and sharing their their knowledge and experience in that respect, it's interesting. Number of years ago, when I actively had the three offices and fifty agents, there was an older gentleman with he was a top agent in our area for years. His name was Tom, and I remember Tom called me up and wanted to meet me at Burger King to have coffee, and so. I'm like, what's Tom want to talk to me about? And we we had coffee and Tom was telling me that his broker and his company did not want to use him anymore in sales meetings. They were kind of like pushing him off to the side because he was an older agent. And I remember bringing Tom onto my office and and the the wisdom that he brought to the younger agents there. And, and he he really didn't want to sell a lot, although he continued to do so. He just wanted to be a part of helping others. And Tom was a huge asset for my organization. So I think there's opportunities. You just have to think about those and be creative and, and figure out where you can plug in. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, you made the the comment of you know going uh bet the basics, using the basics. Uh, for those that are coaching with me, <laughs> yeah. know that I oh I just cringe when I hear that because I do hear this from a lot of loan officers, a lot of real estate agents, even investors. Is we're going back to the basics, and and my thought is. You know, if the basics are basic, why do you have to go back to them? It's like, you know, I used to brush my teeth, which is a basic thing, right. of hygiene, but now I'm going to go back to doing that, um, you know, and it, and it becomes a habit for us. Right. Um, so what are some of the basics that you're seeing that um, that agents are doing that are successful? What are the basics that they're doing right now um, to help ensure that their business is ready for them? I always say this, too. Be ready for when the when happens because it is coming. Yes, right? it is. So what are some of those successful agents doing that are, we'll call basic? 
<laughs> yeah. And, you know, when I say basic, mm -hmm. I mean, picking up the phone and calling people, mm -hmm. sending, sending a handwritten note. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that I co-authored the book, 21 Mistakes Real Estate Brokers Make and How to Avoid Them. My co-author was Corky Hyatt. And I remember Corky running me through an exercise years ago. And that I, I guess that's why I have all of those designations behind my name <laughs> is I love education. But I never will forget Corky had us in class close our eyes. And she said, pretend you're walking out to the mailbox and and you reach in, you pull the, the envelopes out, all the mail that's there. And she said, now go through one by one. What's the first one, piece of mail you open up? And I remember thinking about that. And to this day, I always open up those personal cards. Mm -hmm. And so many agents just can't sit and write a card <laughs> saying thank you. It's interesting, Jen. I, I've written cards to our state president and many of the national presidents for the realtor organization, thanking them for their service. I was state president last year in Missouri, 26,000 members, and I probably got a hand. I mean, I had lots of people tell me throughout the year, you did a great job and we needed you as president. And, and yeah, and I thought I did a good job, but maybe I got three handwritten thank you cards for, and you know what? I remember those three people. The first book I ever had published, they did an article in the newspaper and I was so proud of that and big picture of me in San Francisco at a book signing for at the NAR conference. And I remember three people who sent me a thank you card. I remember their names to this day. And this was back in 2003. It was Dr. Gary Ward, who was a chiropractor, Dr. Bill Miller, my pastor, and Dr. Jim Bullis, they all were doctors. He was my composition and rhetoric teacher at Mac. But you know, those are the kind of things that I think successful agents are still doing when we talk about basics. They, they're not afraid to call their sphere of influence. They're not afraid to send, they make it a point to send cards and notes, and they're just consistently doing work. And, and, and I listen, I'm a tech person. I love to, hmm. uh, I, I love to get on YouTube and live stream. I am doing YouTube shorts and, you know, I, I do everything except TikTok. I just haven't really, I guess my dance moves are not there, but, <clears throat> but being creative and being consistent. And I, you know, I think consistency is probably another, we could throw oh, into yeah. that category of what you yeah. have to do. Well, and that's the habit, right? That's like brushing your teeth. It's the habit that you do all the time. Um, it's interesting you talk about the notes because uh, <laughs> when I first started becoming a uh, speaker, my speaker coach said to me, you know, well, what made you so successful? And the first thing I said to her was writing notes. And she said, oh, that's silly. That's silly. And, she, and I said, oh, no, it was this and it was that. And I started expanding on it. But the first thing that came to mind was writing notes and that created a hundred million dollar, you know, uh, mortgage, mortgage uh, business every single year. Right. Was writing notes. And I remember, it's funny you said that about three, because I remember I had this basket in my office that every time I got a note, I put it in this basket, right? And I was accumulating, it was sort of like I was a note hoarder, right? And I accumulate these notes, um, and I thought, oh, you know, that's really good. I got the, I got these notes from people, various clients, various, you know, real estate agents, whatever the case may be. And it, but here's what's so fun about it. At the end of every single year, I would go through those notes. 
And I would say, oh my gosh, look at what my year has been about. Thanks for meeting with me. Thanks for, you know, being you or whatever, whatever they said. And it, and it reminded me, it reminded me of why I do what I do and what, <clears throat> excuse me, and how important it would be, you know, for me to make sure I do the same things next year to keep those basics going. This past year, I had four notes, mm. not a basket, four notes I tucked in a drawer. And I think that's really a sad thing. So I, I mean, to your point, and so now listen, I, I know you're listening to this and you're, you're saying this is silly notes are the stupidest thing. If you don't like writing notes, have somebody else write the notes for you, but you know, guide them on how to write the note. Cause there is a systematic approach to writing notes, but you know, it is amazing how, how just something as simple as a note can make a big difference. So I, I applaud you for saying that again, John, and it, it's not an old fashioned thing and it, it is still it's, something. It's absolutely it is. And, yeah. you know, I remember going with that and I love your idea with the basket. I've got to, I've got to do that because I have a folder. I put them in, but it's, I think it would be neat to put them in a basket. But yeah. I remember sending a note to one lady who she was our board AE at the time. And I just wanted to send her a note and tell her, Hey, you're doing a good job. And thanks for all your hard work. And and I meant it. I mean, I really did uh, appreciate her hard work. And it was probably three or four or five weeks later, I was over at her office and I looked over and she had no idea I was coming to her office. There was my note taped <laughs> yeah. to her, yeah. to her monitor. And so people appreciate that. They really do. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, let's talk a little bit about, uh, and then we'll, and then we'll go back a little bit. Cause I want to talk about what happened in Paris, but, or in France, okay. but, uh, Making the phone call, you know, I've coached many real estate agents, obviously tons of, you know, thousands and thousands of loan officers and, you know, picking up the phone is one of the most difficult things, you know, and I, I call it, are you nurturing or neglecting your database, right? Or your alumni client, as I call it, and your community. And most people think that they are nurturing by sending canned uh, emails, by sending uh, canned texts, or even mailing, you know, I love Brian Buffini. I, I did notes before I met Brian Buffini, but- right. You know, but he has his, you know, hundred items that you send out every month, your items of value. Um, and everyone thinks that's nurturing. We obviously know that that picking up the phone is where nurturing really begins. Help help those who are listening, both loan officers and real estate agents, understand why I'm making the phone call because they all feel like it's salesy. And I always say, look, it's not a sales call, it's a service call. How dare you not communicate with them? But give us your take on what does that call look like? How frequently does it need to be happening? What what maybe there's a system behind it that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So I I'm like anyone out there. I'm like, oh gosh, I hate to pick the phone up and call right. this person. But I could tell you story after story that led to commission check and and commission mm -hmm. check all because I picked the phone up and called. I mean, I remember calling it for sale by owner and I, I saw the ad, this was back when, you know, the newspaper yeah. was popular. And I remember saying to myself, well, if I don't call, I'm not going to make any money, period. If I call, I still might not make any money, but at least I'm raising the odds of, of... and I remember calling this for sale by owner and he said, Oh, no, I, I sell property on my own, but he said, I'd love to show it to you if you want to take a look at it. So I went out and looked at it and lo and behold, he bought and sold land farms. 
he said, uh, if you have any farms you have for sale, I'm interested. And I said, well, I have a farm right now. So we drove straight over to the farm. He paid cash for that farm. It was a big deal back in those days. Those people bought a home for me in town. And that lady bought a home. I had like three deals and I, I would have never gotten that if I hadn't picked the phone up and called. But here's the other important thing about calling. And this just recently happened to me because I still do cold. I, I shouldn't say cold calling. I call my sphere of influence and people. And I called a lady. Her name was Carol. And, and I paused before I dialed her number. I thought, oh, I hate doing this. <laughs> and uh, I called. Carol answered. And I said, hey, Carol, it's John Mayfield. How are you doing? And she said, oh, John, I needed to talk to somebody so bad. Now, she was an older lady. She just had to, she just put her husband in a nursing home. Oh. Now, she needed to talk to someone. Here, I thought I was intruding on her. And the reality was she, she was need, at that time, she needed to talk to someone. Now, she put her condo up for sale about a month or two later. I sold it. But sometimes I always remind groups when I'm teaching that phone call you're making may just be at a time when somebody really needs to visit with someone. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm calling now. I have a new product I'm, I've launched with my real estate school. It's for brokers and it's with sales meetings. So it's a lot of, uh, I'm calling brokers mm -hmm. and and some of these, Jen, I've had to follow up three, four times because I'm not getting anywhere on the first or second call. And I have a huge deal that I think will come, uh, will happen for me just recently. And it took three phone calls. And it was the third phone call when we really connected and started talking. And I was able to set up a Zoom meeting, show them what I'm doing and this is in, and they are in Virginia. I have a real estate school in Virginia. They're using another provider for their own online real estate school and they have 12 offices. So what a huge benefit for me if I could get this company to start using my real estate school in Virginia, but it took three phone calls. So, you know, I just tell people you, you have to make the calls if they're not interested, you just can go on to the next person. But loan officers, I mean, you just never know when people might be thinking about either needing to refinance their home or maybe selling their home and needing to get a different mortgage. I mean, I just think that it's kind of cool when you can hear from a someone that you've done business with for, for a while. So yeah. What do you what do you uh, recommend that people say when they haven't called anyone for seven years, nine years? I mean, I have clients that that have come to me and have never made phone calls to their alumni and realtor and loan officer. What is yeah. your recommendation for that phone call? You know, I think I'd just be upfront and honest. And sometimes I've done this to say, hey, if I was calling you just to say, hey, yeah. Jen, it's John Mayfield. I just want to first and foremost say I dropped the ball. I should have stayed in touch with you more often throughout the last seven years. And I haven't. And I hope you'll forgive me. But I want you to know I want to start staying in touch with you more often and 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 just, you know, address it right out of the gate. Now, some people, depending if it's someone you know, you might just 
want to say, hey, I know it's been a long time since we visited. I just wanted to check in with you and see see how things are going. So, yeah. but yeah, don't don't be afraid. Sometimes I've I just uh, face it head on and and admit that I should have stayed in touch with you a little bit more frequently. And I apologize about that. And uh, I think it's a great the ice and people are okay with it. Well, and you're human. I mean, that's, and I, it's funny because that's almost verbatim of a script that I give to people too. It's just, you know. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I actually make fun of it. I bet you didn't expect to hear from me, did you? That's (laughs) right. right? Yeah. (laughs) Because I didn't expect to call you and that's on me. That's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's super important right now. uh, It is. People are, you know, they're, they're indecisive. They're confused. They don't know what's happening. Uh, You know, it's a perfect opportunity to say, look, I, you know, and by the way, you know, sometimes scripting can be the exact same words, but a different tonality, right? Right now, let's say in 2020, it would be, hi, it's Jen. How are you? How you doing? Right. Or it could be in 2020. Hey, it's Jen. Um, how are you doing? Are you okay in COVID? Right. It's the same words Right and now. And now it could be, how are you doing? Are, do you have any questions about what's going on with inflation, with what's happening in the marketplace? What What's keeping you awake at night? Right. So it can have the same words, just a different tonality. And once you get those words down, it's super easy to make these phone calls. And the more you make them, the more easy it is to do it. Exactly. It's interesting, kind of going back before the whole France scenario, my wife and I purchased a pick your own blueberry blackberry farm. And of course, I had the real estate company and we had 80 acres of blueberries and blackberries and people would come from all around to pick pick the blueberries. So when we bought the farm, the bank uh, made me a loan to buy a John Deere tractor and a little John Deere gator and all this farm equipment. And, and uh, I know people would uh, kid my wife and I, we look like green acres, you know, the, <laughs> me, me as a farmer, but I have some pictures of me on the John Deere tractor, but I bought this John Deere tractor. I don't know, $35,000. It, it was the size I needed or, or I spent $35,000 for all of this equipment. And I never will forget the very next day, the gentleman who sold me the all the equipment called me and said, hey, how's that tractor doing? You haven't fallen off of it yet. And, you know, he's rolled it yet. And I said, no. And he said, well, I'm just checking to see how things are doing. And I said, oh, thank you. And I hung up the phone and I thought, gosh, John Mayfield, he's calling you about your tractor. How many times have you called a buyer within 24 hours to say, Hey, how are things going? You know, yeah. everything going okay How's with the move? moving? And I'm worried they're going to start telling me the toilet stopped up and, you know, the range doesn't work and, and we don't call, but it really was a wake up call for me to say, okay, within 24 hours, I need to start calling people. Now today I have a little item here. When people buy a real estate class from me, my, I put my phone that hooks to the uh, arm on my desk and I do a video email and I just say, yeah. hey, thanks for purchasing my course. I want you to know I'm always here. If you have questions, you can text me at just as you said, I want to hear from you and, you know, just do a little bit each day. And and it's amazing the number of people who will say, I can't believe you sent me a video email message. That was so cool. And And so communication, whether it's phone calls, cards, video, email message, even even as simple as just 
um, stalking your clients and customers on social media and commenting occasionally mm -hmm. on a post is it's huge. Yeah. And it seems it, I know if you're, you know, listening to this, you're saying, I, you know, writing a note, picking up the phone, it's, you know, and commenting about things, but these are the basics and, and a lot of people aren't doing them. And so we just have to reiterate that. And they're not doing them consistently. I call them random acts of marketing. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and it's the consistency that makes it easier to do. It's just like brushing our teeth, right? If we brush with our, you know, dominant hand, and if you try to brush with your other hand, it takes a while to learn. But after a certain period of time, it becomes super, super easy. So I think that that's, you know, super powerful. Okay. So in our, in our last few minutes together, tell us a little bit about your France story, you know, how your business took you over to France. What was that all about? Yeah. So uh, in 2006, mm -hmm. I was teaching a class, a GRI class for realtors, and I was I was just burned out. Jen, I had three offices, 50 agents. I felt like I was running an adult daycare, you know, putting out fires. I was just, right. it was no fun anymore. And I remember watching this video we showed where uh, Rick uh, Rick Patino had taken the Boston Celtics basketball job. He was always a, a college coach. And anyway, long story short, he woke up and he was miserable and he, he just quit. He said, I want to go back to the college where I was. And, mm. and I remember driving home and I was thinking, that's where I'm at. I'm just not happy anymore. So I sold my real estate company, went to work for a bank and we bought this pick your own blueberry blackberry farm Within a matter of a few months, we had a late spring freeze, lost our entire crop. The bank I went to work for, I went into work and they were on this thing called the watch list in 07. <laughs> so they could not expand into Farmington. So I'm now unemployed and I'd signed a non-compete clause. So we sold everything we had just to survive. We And we were a million bucks in debt. I do my Steve Martin impersonation. Hey, we're having fun now. <laughs> so right. uh, yeah, anyway, uh, and we sold everything we had. We moved into a two bedroom apartment in LA, lower Arnold, Missouri. And that normally gets a good laugh in St. Oh Louis and uh, just started over. Uh, yeah. well, I'm speaking in San Diego at this big conference on technology and tools. And I felt like a comedian who was just telling jokes and no one was laughing. And this is 07. So I'm showing all these tools yeah. and I'm sweating and I'm thinking, keep your energy level up. You just have to finish on a high note. So I finally finished and people started getting in line to talk to me. And I thought, this is odd. I, I thought they, you know, didn't like my presentation, but I guess they were just overwhelmed with the tools and the technology. So the first gentleman in line wanted his picture taken and he said, I'm bringing you to France to speak. He was from France. And I said, can I bring my wife? He said, yes, yes, bring your wife. I'm like, why did I say that? He's inviting me to speak. You know, now I'm like, can yeah. I bring a friend along my way? And uh, which naturally I wanted to take my wife. So two weeks later, he calls me and says, can you come to Nice, France and speak? And And I'm like, we're living in an apartment. And so my wife and I left St. Louis international airport with $135 in our bank account. I mean, it's own eight. The market's horrible. I'm having to sell real estate in another market. And he and I became friends. He knew no, no idea about what, what my life was like. 
And he invited me to come and live in France and work in his office and gave my wife and I an apartment. I have a, uh, we were right on the French Riviera. And I said, God has a sense of humor because that was the, I've never been that broke in my life, but yet he placed me in one of the most richest places of mm -hmm. the, the world. And so my job was to work with English speaking buyers when we would go and, and show property because they feel a little more comfortable working with someone from, from the U S and then I helped them with you doing YouTube videos and we did all kinds of blogs and st I still help them to this day, do a lot of work there. And, uh, you know, just had the time of my life working, working in France. And so they always say you're one person away from someone who can change your life. Absolutely. And I always, and I, and I thought about that and it's so true. And then I remind myself that we're only one person away from someone's life we can change. Yeah. yeah. I tell you that, yeah, I tell you that whole story to say how blessed I was. And I was just in Nice, France a week ago. I am uh, last Saturday, I was flying back here. So I still go back, visit them a lot. I love Nice. It's my, I want to live in France someday, but I just tell you that whole story to say, even when you kind of get in your deepest, darkest um, rut, there's always still hope. Don't give up. But he told me something at lunch one day, which we, I guess our theme for this podcast is kind of like, you know, notes and cards. And I never will forget this. We were at lunch, Jen. And he said, do you know what I like about you? And I said, no, he goes, you give when everybody else wants to take from me. And I thought, you know, there's the people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. That's that uh, go giver book. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's what the cards and the phone calls and the notes are all about because people want to do business with you if they if they know you and they like you and they trust you and you do those little acts that you and I've talked about today that just builds that trust and and people will like you for that so anyway yeah. that's well, my story of France and <laughs> yeah I love it I love it um I was just in France in October uh for a month so yeah. I you know, it's one of my favorite places too uh, so, you know, I love, I love that story. And, you know, the undertone here is not so much about the notes or the phone calls, but it's about, you know, nurturing your database. And especially at a time when you're not getting the exact results, you know, it used to be, Hey, I made a phone call. I got the, I got the listing. I got the sale. I got the refi. You know, I, I got the phone call. I, I had the realtor say, yes, they want to meet with me. Um, but everyone is, you know, separating and, and what we need to do is reverse engineer that, pull everybody together and make, pull people closer at this time. So, as I said, you know, in the beginning, so that you're ready for when the, when happens, because, right. you know, it's, it's key and critical. So I love that you've just said, you know, stay with, stay with the basics, keep with the basics, do, do the things that, you know, most of us are focusing on, I just need more YouTube followers. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, my, my coach costs 45 grand a day, a day to talk to him, right. For a full day, eight hours, 45 grand. And he has 13 followers. He makes $5 billion a year, 1300 followers. So for me, it's not, you know, and he said this before, do you want to be rich or do you want to be famous? 
Right. Right. And some people say it's both. Right. I get that. You know, um, Grant Cardone says best known beats best every time. But but just be aware that best known isn't always just Internet. It's also these small, seemingly insignificant things that you do that have can have the biggest impact on your life. So I love that you shared that because that's exactly, uh, you know, what what this is about you know, especially in today's market. So, so let me ask you to John, uh, to leave us, is there a mantra that you go by every day? Is there an affirmation that you're saying to yourself, you know, what keeps you motivated uh, to continue down the path, even though you may not have something in front of you right now? So great question. One of the things that really got me out of my uh, funk that I was in is starting to listen to positive audiobooks. Now, part of this story, my journey, my wife and I sold our home and built our new home on on this blueberry blackberry farm for a million bucks in debt. We did not want to sell the home we were in because we kind of we just wanted to wait a little bit to see how we liked the farming. Well, anyway, we ended up selling our home. There we go to the blueberry farm. Uh, the bank makes uh, a deal with me because they didn't want they didn't want me to sue them and and I didn't want to, and they didn't want to sue me so anyway they said look we'll buy the farm it was kind of my um the severance package was we'll yeah. just buy the farm yeah, from right. you and you can go on your way and that was right. fine with us so anyway i remember my wife and i would drive around our home and we were like why did we sell that home and and i remember showing a house just behind the house we our kids were raised in and i remember being in the backyard and and i look over and there's my old home and i remember a voice in my head said john mayfield you'll never be able to own a home like that again and i said no no i can't i can't think that way well long story short i'm broadcasting in the basement of my old home i bought it back <laughs> so <laughs> so uh but through that, when you say that is, I started listening to books and and I used to think affirmations were silly and mm-hmm. only for goofy people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every day I say money is forever circulating freely in my life and there's always a divine surplus. I, I, mm-hmm. I talk about, I mean, I, I, I have a time of gratitude every day. I'll spend 15 minutes, just, uh, I call it a gratitude nap or 20 minutes and I, and I'm just thankful for all of the things that I've had in my life and thankful for things that are going on. So I have a whole list of affirmations. I keep them on my notes app here. But, uh-huh. you know, during COVID, I said uh, I had an affirmation that said uh, COVID or any other type of worldwide catastrophe will never affect global real estate school or Mayfield real estate in a negative way, but only in a positive way. Well, mm-hmm. I did great during COVID. People get worried today about all the, you know, the, all the market and interest rates going up and you read all this stuff on the news. Well, I just don't watch a lot of news. I listen to motivational books and I try to just stay encouraged. And so, but the one thing my mom always had a quote she had, and probably is the one that I remind myself of a lot is all sunshine makes a desert. So I think that's, uh, you know, one, 
we're going to have some rain in our lives. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, keep going. So, yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely going to put that quote that you just said into our our episode notes. You know, so that our show notes, so that everyone can pick up that quote that you said as well. Because, um, yeah, that's that's very profound. I have I have a little saying I do every morning. You know, when I wake up, I I do a gratitude walk every day. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I just kill two birds with one stone and, uh, but right. I, yeah. I wake up every day and say, you know, Lord, someone out there, somewhere, someone out there is looking for help and needs help. Please let me be that person guide me to them so that I can help them make a difference in the world. And, make I love that. and you know, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing is that, you know, n- that's not going to stop us. And I think if we have an optimistic look rather than a pessimistic look, uh, you know, where you can manifest really, really wonderful things in our lives. You can. And and be, you know, be open to receiving those gifts. Sometimes yeah. I think people don't feel worthy or they, yeah. and so, uh, but I love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to start using that as well. And <laughs> I want to start doing more walking. So anyway, I'll have to do the Yeah, yeah, you can do it at the yeah, same time. That's, that's a, great. So that's, John, if someone wants to get a hold of you and and get more information, they want you to be, you know, a speaker at their their company's function or on a conference or on another podcast, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, so go to global realestateschool.com and you can send me an email john you can it, i have a different email but i have john at global real estate school that'll come to me as well but uh, yeah just go go over there and and feel free to i think i even have the ability where you can set up an appointment there if you want to visit with me i, I get that occasionally i enjoy that when i had to I had a husband and wife thinking about going to real estate school and so they set up a, a calendar appointment and we had a nice visit, but yeah, I would love to. I, I not only teach about technology and the broker uh, going to Hawaii to do the 21 mistakes real estate brokers make and how to avoid them for, for a group there, but uh, love to, to uh, do any kind of motivational or technology talk. And I love what you said about having a mastermind. I, I too recently got involved in a mastermind group and that's been one of the best things that's happened to me. And so, uh, very good. Yeah, I know. Well, it tripled my business. Um, you know, one of the masterminds I was in matter of fact, the first one I was in, it tripled up my business. In fact, everyone in that mastermind has doubled or tripled their business. So, you know, it's a great way to elevate everybody. It is. And, you know, often we're just feeling so lonely and isolated as entrepreneurs and, and whether you think you are, you're a real estate entrepreneur, you're a mortgage entrepreneur, you know, um, yeah, we we feel so lonely and this is a great way to elevate everybody and that's why we're talking about masterminding right now to millions. And um that's really what it's about, you know, that's that's yeah. certainly what it's about. So, I love that. So, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show here today. Um I love your calming demeanor in a time of chaos. Um you know, it, it feels really good and I I think that, you know, for those of you that are listening, you know, this is something that you want to re-listen to again, because there are so many nuggets in here, um, beautiful and brilliant um, tactics and strategies that John has mentioned to um, to help you get through this and other markets, you know, for the long haul. And that's what we're all here to do is be in that long haul. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having thank you. Or for, or for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. So with that, we're going to leave you all. And I want to say thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, 
grab your thumb, take your thumb and scroll down to the bottom of your phone and just write as a great review, write some beautiful comments about what you learned from John. We are always looking at those um, because we want to know that the guests that we're bringing on are helping you move forward in your business. One takeaway, just put one takeaway in there and remind you to um, subscribe to us and follow us on, on um, LinkedIn, I'm sorry, not LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel so you can watch us as well as listen to us. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you're starting to follow us right away so that you can get timely updates on everything. And with that said, we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.